Have you ever wondered what makes people capable of creating changes that impact their lives and the world around them? What is their way of thinking, their mentality, their patterns, their perceptions of the world, their reactions to different life events? What influences them? My name is Cristina Puyol, and I invite you to join me in this adventure where we will explore together the mind of change makers. Welcome to another episode of Change Makers Mind. In this episode, we will explore how to suffer less and improve our well-being, how to avoid unnecessary suffering and live in a beautiful state, or at least live a little bit better. I recently saw an interview with a former CIA agent who talked about psychology and our emotional development and share how we learn in stages. From zero to seven, we absorb everything. From seven to 13, we absorb, but we start to question. And from 13 to 25, we continue to learn, but we question a lot more. And if you don't think so, ask parents and teachers and they will corroborate that. And from 25 or around that age, we no longer absorb or learn the same way. So to learn, we have to put a little bit more awareness and effort in the process. And I will talk about this in another episode. I remember that at some point in my life, I came to the conclusion that we spend the first seven years of our lives learning And then we spend the rest of our lives trying to unlearn some of those learnings <laughs> and discovering what to unlearn. We give meaning to something at a given moment and then perhaps that meaning not only no longer serves us, but also prevents us from living the life we want or advancing in our goals. And we tell ourselves stories, Stories where we are the heroes or the victims. And these stories determine how we will appear on the stage of life, how we will present ourselves, what we will do, and how we interact with others. These stories are very powerful. We are aware of some of them. Some of us inflate them at certain times when we give ourselves merit on things that doesn't belong to us that we haven't done. And sometimes this is helpful depending on which situations Other stories, we deflate them when we do not value ourselves. And other stories are being projected in our minds and we are not aware of them. Other stories, we repeat them continuously, so much so that it does not matter if they were true or not, if it happened or not, because we believe them 100%. And when those stories don't interfere with our progress, with our life, Well, maybe this is not the time to pay attention to them. But when they go in the opposite direction to where we want to go, we have to put on our detective hat and find out what those stories are, the stories that can get in the way and change them. When we find ourselves repeating situations or when we encounter challenges is when we can discover those stories. And when we come across challenging situations, if we have a fixed mentality, a fixed mindset, that is, we think that we cannot change, that we have the skills that we have and the situation that we have and it cannot be changed, our mind will go to questions like, am I good enough? Am I intelligent enough? Do I have the necessary talent? Am I loved? Am I a loser? And your mind will reorganize your world, your stories, to avoid answering those questions or to find a way to tell it where you are the hero or the heroine. If you are one of those who look the other way and don't face uh, your challenges, your mistakes, your, your hardships, like an ostrich, probably in your stories you will be a hero and the bad people will be the others. 
And if you're the type that punish yourself way too much, you will be the one to blame for everything and there will be no solution, no way to change. And you will choose perhaps easier tasks. You will avoid asking for help or you will avoid these situations all along or the situations that will lead to those questions. What we have learned conditions us and defines what is familiar to us and what is unfamiliar. We talked about this in another episode and we tend to look for the familiar, however crazy that familiar may seem to other people. Have you heard the phrase, her people, her people? The familiar can be good, comfortable or not. A person who grew up in an environment where screaming is normal will surely scream more than someone who doesn't. And if we take it, for example, to the culture example, if I compare um, the Danish culture, which is my mom's culture, and I've lived with a lot of Danish people, I've been in Denmark many times, and they're very, they are a lot more quietly than Spanish people, where I live and where I'm from. And even like if I compare our Spanish culture with the Egyptian culture, we were there many times, and when they talk, I don't know any Arabic language, so I don't understand anything. And when they talk, for me, they scream and they're mad at each other. And so when I was listening to our friends talk at each other, I'm like, why are you mad? And they would tell us, no, we're not. I'm like, yes, you are. <laughs> it sounds like you're mad. When? And we said, well, you just were talking before. No, we were sharing a story. And so then every time they would talk, we would say, stop. Are you mad now? And they're like, no we're happy. And it's like, oh God, it's like it sounds like you're yelling at each other and you're mad because that's your culture. So what we learn as we grew up really impacts how we communicate, going to the world and what is familiar and not to us. We're going to go to the familiar in our way of celebrating, having a good time, and also in our way of suffering. So simplifying our way of acting a lot, we will always be fluctuating between these two opposite emotional states, the beautiful one and the one of suffering. The beautiful state is characterized by feeling of love, joy, gratitude, creativity, flow, among others. In this state, we feel in harmony with our essence and do not experience fear or frustration. On the other hand, the state of suffering manifests itself through uncomfortable emotions such as stress, worry, anger, sadness. These states of suffering are the result of an undirected focus of the mind, constantly looking for problems and threats. Our brain is designed for survival and is constantly looking for problems and threats. If we take it to the extreme, we will live in a state of constant stress and anxiety. However, there is another possible path which involves consciously directing our thoughts so that our mind works in our favor. As humans, we have that capacity and we use it actually every day, although not always consciously and not always to our advantage. I consider myself also guilty of sometimes having imagined the worst of the situations to later find out that nothing happened and it was not even possible. And what I'm talking about today is not the suffering caused by life circumstances, hard and tragic situations that life brings to us, but rather things that we create in our lives on a regular basis. If I leave everything to the last minute and then I'm stressed out, it's a type of suffering that I choose. 
if because whatever happens in my family, I'm going to over-worry, over-occupy myself with the thoughts of what could happen, it is a suffering that I choose. And there are three perception patterns that can trigger suffering. Loss, less, and never. Three ways that create suffering. Feeling like you've lost something. The focus on loss makes us believe that something or someone has taken something of value from us or we've lost something that we value. Feeling like you don't have enough or that you have less of something make us believe that we will have less happiness, less success or money because of a situation or an action. Feeling like you will never have or achieve something. The focus on never make us believe that we will never achieve something we value such as love or wealth. It is important to know that these focus patterns can cause suffering regardless of whether the problem is real or not. Our mind creates our emotions and our experience based on what we focus on. Therefore, if we focus on ourselves and what we could lose, have less or never have, we will experience suffering. In my coaching sessions, and Marisa Pierce also talks a lot about this, when we go deep into people's problems, we arrive basically at three things. I'm not enough. And Marisa Pierce started a whole movement on I'm not enough. The second is what I want is not available to me. And the third one is I'm different and therefore I do not connect. I do not belong. And these three things connect very deeply with basic human needs of wanting to be loved, wanting to be connected. Where in your life do you feel any of these three things? Living in a beautiful emotional state of positivity requires attention and effort, but it's worth it. Happiness is something you create. It is not something that happens to you by accident or chance. Don't wait for it to arrive. Go out and look for it. And I will say, actually create it. Choose it. The first step is to become aware of your patterns of suffering and to recognize that directing our thoughts is a conscious choice. We must take control of our minds to live in a beautiful state instead of a suffering state. Step two is where are the forms or ways in which suffering manifests itself the most in your life? Some questions that can help you to find or explore the cause of a suffering are the following. What are the specific events or situations that trigger your suffering? In what aspects of your life do you experience the most suffering? For example, in your personal, relationships, work, health. How would you describe your emotional and physical reactions when you experience suffering? Are there recurring patterns or themes in your suffering? What are the strategies or mechanisms that you use to deal with suffering? What impact does suffering have on your general well-being and quality of life? Have you identified any type of learning or personal growth from your experiences of suffering? What resources or supports do you use or could you use to help you cope with suffering? Is there any connection between the way you think and the level of suffering you experience? What actions or changes could you make in your life to reduce suffering and promote well-being? Also, don't dallying as she shared with us in episode 70, tell us about the personalities linked to the five elements and how, when we are in situations of stress, 
tension or strong emotions, we tend to go to a specific emotion. And to have that emotion, we will create the situation sometimes that can help us experience it. If your strongest personality element is water, you will go to fear. If you're more wood, you will go to rage or anger. If you're more fire, you will go to panic. If you're more earth, you will go to worry, concern. If you're more metal, you will go to disconnection. What are your two favorite ways of suffering? What usually activates, unleashes, awakens, provokes, stimulates, triggers these two emotions? And when this happens, what do you feel? What do you do? Now, can you think of something different to do instead? What are some easy ways to break your own pattern? I will share with you some techniques for breaking thought patterns that you can try. First of all, you need to recognize a pattern. The first step is to be aware of your thought patterns. We cannot change that which we don't know. Observe and recognize when you find yourself trapped in negative, self-critical, or limiting thoughts. According also to Jill Bolte-Taylor, all emotion lasts only 90 seconds. So apply that rule, the 90-second rule. Give yourself 90 seconds to experience what you're feeling and let it go. Question your thoughts. Once you identify a negative thought pattern, question its validity. Ask yourself if there's some strong evidence to support that thought or if you're letting negativity or bias affect your perspective. Replace negative thoughts. Focus on positive aspects of the situation. What else does this mean? How else can I see the situation? What positive side can you see? Or look for solutions instead of getting stuck in negative thoughts. My mother as a kid will always take me here and it will drive me crazy because I wanted to just complain and complain and she will tell me all these questions and she will make me think and at the end you know she will get me very quickly out of my complaining but sometimes I came to my mother and said I just need five minutes of of complaining (laughs) and then we can fix the problem and then I can look for solutions instead of getting here just stuck in my complaining but I I always ask her for like give me five minutes I want to (laughs) complain and then we'll fix it then I'll change my mind then I think what else it means then I understand the other person's perspective and then I'll see it from another eyes but I just want to (laughs) complain then practice full attention Full attention or mindfulness is a technique that helps you to be present in the present moment without judging. Practicing mindfulness can help you observe your thoughts without fully identifying with them, which can break the cycle of negative thoughts. And one of the simplest ways of doing mindfulness is being present in the senses that your body brings to you. Just pay attention to your breathing, to your heart rate to the feelings of your feet, to the feelings of your hands, and that will right away bring you to the present moment. Change your environment. If you find yourself stuck in a negative thought pattern, changing your physical environment can be helpful. Going for a walk, surround yourself with nature, or simply changing the room you're in, that can help you change your state of mind and break your thought pattern. Moving is a powerful tool. Seek support, talking to someone you trust, such as a friend, a family member, or a therapist or a coach, can give you an outside perspective and help you challenge and change your thought patterns. 
Our lives are not determined by our conditions, but by our decisions. Every decision we make can radically change our life and our destiny. Therefore, the most important decision we can make is to commit to being happy, no matter what happened to us. As Arturo Miseli, one of my guests in the Spanish podcast, says, happiness is the ability to live in balance and gratitude, the moment in which we have to live. And I leave you with a quote from Victor Franklin. Everything can be taken from a person except of one thing, the last of human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own path. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast yet, you can subscribe on any or all of the platforms of your choice. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, Google Podcasts, Deezer. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and five stars if you think we deserve it. If you're interested in going deeper into this topic, connect with me, send me a message. This is one of the things that I work with my clients. Thank you for this shared time. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you're getting tremendous value out of it. Remember that you can also support this podcast with our Patreon account where you can support it at three levels. There's always a link in the episode notes and this will help us to continue to grow. A huge, huge hug and kisses to you. Change. Make it.